On this episode of Hit the Deck, we bring back the man who knows a thing or three about running a hockey league. If you want to learn about life, become a commissioner, okay? Because you'll deal with every single personality you ever meet in life. And we discuss our newfound appreciation for expansive Canadian hockey tournaments. To have two three-day weekends worth of a tournament is quite amazing. Way to show some sportsmanship or whatever. Plus, apparently losing the Nordique is not the most challenging issue that Quebec is dealing with. Now, if this is the Montreal Canadiens associated rink and they're saying it's blue and white and it's a hole, what's going on here? Why did it have to be French? All this and more coming up on this episode of Hit the Deck. Game on! Welcome to episode 143 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers, and I know it's only been approximately a week, maybe a little over a week since you heard our melodious voices, but uh, it, it has been a bit longer since we've sat down to do this. I do hope you enjoyed our Independence Day scrimmage. If you haven't heard it, go back and check that one out where James and I decided to rewrite a little history and, uh, and, and have a little fun thought experiment. I, I think, you know, all in some patriotic fun. So I think you, if you haven't already listened to that, I think it, it would behoove you to do so and have yourself a little listen. But if you already have listened to it, then you know. And if you listened to the episode prior to that, then you know what to expect coming up. And that is namely a very special guest here on the podcast returning. Oh, I know you're waiting with bated breath, but I will not keep you in suspense for very much longer because you'll find out as soon as I jump right into tonight's starting lineup. And four... Tonight's starting lineup and goal as ever, I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my steadfast co-host. On defense number four, I'm James Sejazi, and back with us again. Backup goalie, I guess, slash commissioner of DCHL Leagues, my name is Suds. Welcome back, Suds. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. John Sebastian, I am not, but happy I am to welcome back to the podcast, Commissioner Suds, and happy I am to be doing this again with you. James, how are you, sir? I'm hanging in there. How about yourself, sir? I'm all right. How was your 4th of July weekend? It was uh, really good, thank you. Unfortunately, I had to work that Friday, but uh, that kind of put a crimp into everything. But speaking of the special scrimmage that we had, I thank you so much for that surprise of the incredible guest announcer that uh, made an appearance on Scrimmage 15. Yes, my daughter, as I was setting up to record, my daughter said, Daddy, can I please record something for the podcast? Maybe I can introduce it. So I said, all right. And I sat down with her and we figured out something that she could do. So she did, in fact, introduce it and outro it for your listening enjoyment. So so that was, in fact, my daughter. And uh, I hope that was something that not only James, but you enjoyed as well. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Wilson called it. So uh, well done. And, and well, yeah. I mean, she has amazing genes and she really showed them off just how talented that she is in so many other ways, too, besides just being a natural broadcaster. But uh, speaking of good things in your life, um, you had an anniversary. And before we get into that, I was really excited that a certain polar bear celebrated your anniversary with uh, wearing incredible Van Halen cleats and winning the home run derby, by the way, referring to Pete Alonzo of the New York Mets winning the MLB All-Star Game uh, home run derby. But how was your your anniversary uh lonely my wife actually uh my wife the short version is due to uh my wife is a teacher and due to some academic achievements of one of her students she won a trip to a conference in las vegas and she flew out on that day so oh. i i spent my anniversary as a bachelor <laughs> that was 14 great years so i guess 
I suppose. So what 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 was this about Pete Alonso being a polar bear? Yeah, uh, if you're not familiar, I know this has hit the deck and it's about uh, deck hockey and so on and so forth. But um, we do love baseball and we're big Mets fans, Gary and I, because we are from the New York area. But Pete Alonso, the first baseman rookie of the New York Mets, the MLB All-Star Game was this past week at the recording of this podcast. And Monday night, traditionally, over the last many, many years, they've held the home run derby the home run hitting contest. So Pete Alonso, who's leading, I believe maybe he's in second, but he has 30 home runs and he deservedly went into the, uh, the, the home run derby and he won it in incredible fashion too, by the way, really just launching bombs. And uh, he was, he went second in each of the rounds that he was in. So he just needed one more home run, obviously, than the guy who hit before him. So it was an excellent strategy. He, he conserved himself and really put on an amazing show and especially for a rookie it was so impressive but the thing that i love the most besides a new york met and and the great new york met uh, winning the contest was he wore cleats with the van halen stripes on them they were they were black red and, and white if you're not familiar with van halen i'm a huge huge van halen fan of course my brother's birthday at the recording of this podcast is coming up this weekend so have to be a huge van halen fan because he is the biggest van halen fan i know but that was just such an, an incredible surprise to see. But anyway, that all took place on your anniversary. So unfortunately, your lovely wife was, I don't know, about 2,500 miles away. But hopefully Mr. Alonzo helped make the loneliness a little less painful. Okay, but why was he a polar bear? Oh, that's his nickname. Todd Frazier, the third baseman of the New York Mets, he dubbed Pete Alonzo the polar bear. I'm not sure where that came from. Maybe because of his strength, Pete Alonzo's strength. That's, again, getting back to the home run derby. Not only did he put on a show, but he hit to all fields, including the opposite field and dead central, which is, I mean, bomb after bomb after bomb. But that's uh, his nickname is Polar Bear. I don't know the exact reason why, but I do know that Frazier is behind the nickname. Apparently, I haven't watched enough baseball this year. Well, um, that which which is amazing for the Mets and and deservedly so. But they had three All Stars in Degrom, Alonso, and McNeil, and three great players who all deserve to be there. And they all had great All Star games too, by the way. So they they represented the New York Mets very well in an otherwise pretty frustrating baseball season. So other than that, you really haven't missed much. Uh, the Rangers have really broken our hearts going into the baseball season with their NHL year, and the Mets are picking up where the Rangers left off, unfortunately for us Mets and Rangers fans, but hopefully we'll see at the second half of the baseball season. But yes, that's uh, I, I digress. I apologize, and we'll get back into the hockey talk as we should. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. There isn't much hockey talk from the professional level to really discuss. I mean, it is the off season. There's been some trades and some free agent signings and whatnot, but that's not what we're about here on this podcast. We're about ball hockey and, and the general ball hockey sphere, as you know, if you are a frequent listener of the podcast. So, you know, I think uh, there's one person in particular that we have here that we've been keeping waiting that deserves to have a chance to come back and continue telling us all about the leagues that he runs. So I would like very much to get back into our interview with him. But before I can do that, uh, you know, there is, of course, one thing that must needs be done. And for that, James, I am going to ask you, would you be willing, please, to tell us what is on deck for this podcast? Would be happy to, sir. Thanks ever so much. Hat Trick Commish returns. The DCHL, MDHL, and RHL Commish Suds is back. Come on, did you really think that we wouldn't give someone so cool a chance to finish up his amazing interview? Newfoundland. They love deck hockey so much in Newfoundland that the NLBHA needed two three-day weekends to hold its 2018 provincial tournament. And Ball in the Family. Wait, you live in Quebec and actually don't know how to play deck? Have no fear, mon frere, because the Canadians have you covered. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. All right. Well, I, I think, I think, therefore I am, which is true. But I also think that it is time to be good hosts and not be rude to our, our guest and, and, you know, dear, close personal associate 
Suds, who has graced us with his presence once more. So when last we left off with Suds, if you didn't catch episode 142, then you don't know who Suds is. So go check out 142 so you can get the, the download, the, the primer on who is Kamish Suds. But the short version, since it's been a couple of weeks, the short version just to catch you up, Suds is the commissioner of not one, not three, but four leagues in the Washington, D.C. area. And three of them are hockey leagues. So we have talked to him all about his various leagues. And in fact, last time we had him on the podcast, he was telling us, among other things, about the innovations that he has innovated in his... That's not... That doesn't... Let's... Okay. The, the, the innovations that he's instituted... Yeah, that, that works. Instituted in his leagues to try and freshen them up and, and keep them competitive and, uh, you know, all the cool stuff that he, he did there. So go check that out because we're going to pick right back up here. And Suds, bringing those kind of innovations to one hockey league, let alone three, is no small thing. Sounds like there's been a bit of a learning curve with all these leagues, and that's completely understandable. So I have to ask, Suds, especially with all the experimentation you've done with rules and things, what have you learned about running these leagues? Are there any kind of traps or or any mistakes that you've yeah. learned from yeah i, I think what you, what you, number one number one is when i first started running the league it was basically my vision of what the league's going to be my my goals directive but then when you get bigger and bigger it's not your league anymore it's their league it's our league you know so the vision changes based upon the players you have and their goals and needs you know so the goals that i have for the league four years ago are totally different than what they are now you know because the players run the league more than anything else. Also, the way I run the league also has changed too. You know, I'm still the final decision maker on most items because I have to pay the bills for the league. So, <laughs> you know, I, I got to make that clear. But there's there's a lot of freedom in, in, in formats and choices. You know, as I always say, as long as it doesn't affect competitive balance, as long as I'm not ruining safety or putting that at, at the door, at the waste door, I'm okay with any ideas that work and won't kill our league, won't kill registration. So it's a lot more open than people think it is. So uh, from that standpoint, you know, I think it, I've changed in that regards. Some of the pitfalls, you know, one thing that I, I think we could do, we as a league can do better, is we are so, it's a community, such a big culture. We have a good culture. I use that word a lot. You know, I think Barry Trotz is the word a lot, when, you know, hockey in general. We have a good culture in our league. We, you know, we work hard to establish a culture, the expectations, what a player can do or a player cannot do, you know, behavioral things. You know, we have very few behavioral issues in our league. And... Type of, type of game it's supposed to be played as well, too. It's hard for a new team coming in to be accepted. I think we have to do a better job of that because when a new team comes in, I think a lot of the current teams or veteran teams don't understand where they were when they first joined the league. And I think they have, we have to do a better job of accepting them and opening up and helping them grow and teach. That's an opportunity I think we have to do better as a league in general because we're so tight, community-based, we have to be more inclusive than exclusive. Number two, I think, is talking about competitive balance. I think we've gotten so far to the extreme left on competitive balance that it's now such a hyper-sensitive issue. You know, if a team loses, it's not because they didn't play well, it's because the team is stacked or their players aren't, are too good. Mm. We are so hyper-sensitive competitive balance, I think it's gone way off the door, where people overreact tremendously. You know, I think even with the caps we have up there, if the team loses 5 nothing, oh my God, that team is just too good. They got to go. Chill out, relax. <laughs> it's one game. And, you know, it's, uh, it's not, we always make changes every season as well, too. I think our league has gotten so super hyper-specific competitive balance. Those are the two pitfalls you have in a league like this. Were there any rules that you tried that didn't work out that you had to abandon? That's a good question. I'm trying to think right now. Well, the one thing we're trying right now that we're going to abandon right now is we tried on, on MDHL, Wednesday Night League. We had 17 teams. We only had five. You know, we're, we're squeezing in five games a night. That means 17 is going on a buy, and people hate buys. Hmm. You know, we have a buy almost every other week, and... I understand that concept. We just couldn't, you know, they don't want to play at six o'clock. They don't want to play at 11 o'clock. So I'm, I'm kind of, you know, our hearts are tied. Mm. So we decided to add a Monday night game. We have rolled from eight to 11 at a Monday night feature game, Monday night game of the week. You know, we call it our special Monday night, like NFL does. At seven o'clock game, it's always streamed. We give extra love on, on the recap as well, too. And every team gets to play one Monday night game on the Wednesday league to make it a feature game, so to speak. That hasn't worked out well because. A lot of our players that play in our league play multiple times. You know, you could play different, different divisions. We allow you to play up to three divisions on Sundays. So 
the idea of dropping to a rank to play only one game doesn't work out very well. So probably gonna abandon that idea, go now to maybe a 630 to 10:30 time slot and one more game in there and reformat our division formats to have less buys. But that concept did not work out well for us. I like the concept, but we haven't supported that in that regards. All right, great. Thank you. From top to bottom, you sound like uh, not only just the commissioner, but you sound like a producer, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a sales guy. Uh, you're the whole thing wrapped into one. I mean, between production and scheduling, sounds like you have regionalized games. That's really fascinating. Yeah, I, I rep probably about seven to ten games, uh, seven games on a Sunday, two or three games on a Monday. I rep all, all the older games. We do the ref schedule. We do the, you know, it, I'm involved with everything except the streaming part where I'll let Joe Shea handle the streaming social media part. Everything else, I'm pretty much hands-on about. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, I was going to ask you about the TV ratings because it's so <laughs> it's so well thought out and, and runs so well. That's really impressive. <laughs> Uh, we we get pretty we get pretty good views. We look we look at that. We don't we don't do it for ratings. We do it to uh, have right. people watch the games. You know, it's sure. not it's 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 free marketing too. I get that. You know, it's free promotion. But it's more the oh my god, my mom can watch it from Michigan. You know, my best yeah. friend just watched me play hockey. It's the ego of the individual players as well too. So it, it all it makes you feel like it really is involved. That's more than out for us. But we get you know uh, our average. You know, I would say between if I share it to my page as well too, you get about four or five hundred views on a, on a game, which is pretty good. Wow, uh, that's really. Party. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, and, uh, five, and that's 500 views, probably about 1,200 clicks or, or maybe 1,500 clicks on the actual post. So we, we get pretty decent numbers, but again, we're not doing it for view, we're just doing it for having fun. So it also adds to our library. We can promote the library later on as well, too. Maybe one day we'll have a 24-7 DCHL station. How about that? It sounds like that, you're on your way there. That's where the money can come in, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably once you get that facility of your own, I think. Yes, uh... exactly right. <laughs> Yeah, maybe uh, you know, maybe you could reach out to Wayne Barrett. He just successfully got his new arena built thanks yes, to the capital. So yeah, maybe yes. um, he could share some advice there. And but it seems like you're on your way there. You have a whole staff of announcers at the ready, so you're good to go. Yes, we have, we have a library like like the, like the WWE. We have a huge yeah. library. We can rely on, so uh, we don't need to have original programming 24-7, you know what I mean? Yeah, have you considered starting to acquire the libraries of other leagues for this (laughs) network? I'm not miss. I mean, I love Vince McMahon's a G is a genius, a good business person. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly, you know, agree with his points of view, but he's a pretty good business person. But no, I'm not involved. I'm not interested in, in being the uh, Vince McMahon at ball hockey. No. Okay. No, no, no desire. You're no not desire. trying to kill the ball hockey no. territories? No, no, no. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> You're a good man, Suds. <laughs> So, yeah, so if you wouldn't mind, if there's anything left to share about the MDHL, basically, you kind of already told us a lot about it. But if there's any other things like the fact that you needed to expand to the MDHL because well, we, of the... We need, we, need, we need more hours to rent because we, we have too many teams and, and, and only one night time slot. And Rockland Sports County cannot offer us on Thursday nights or Tuesday nights. So we can't have a two-day league. That's not an option either. So we're looking at, you know, we keep finding ways, reinventing ourselves to make sure that people are happy. But long term, we need to get a new facility and or we're going to have two nights to make it work. That's why with MDHL. RHL is growing. You know, we've got very high end players in D1, some good teams in D1. I know it's a general roller hockey in general. We have some teams that play in regional tournaments as well, too. The word is getting out about our league and we're growing there as well, too, which is great off that standpoint. So that's what I'm going to build a base more on is lower league in general. No, but in terms of everything else, I mean, the one thing that I will put out there is once a year, we're fortunate enough to work with Ian Olin from Russia, which she never breaks. I'm not sure if you know who that is. Ian Olin from RMNB, the biggest cap blog in the D.C. area. And if you go to the website, I mean, I've read blogs before. and I'm an Islanders fan, but they do so much, some fun things. They have like 10, 12 posts a day, a day on, on, on off season. And they are super obsessed with capital, any capital news. And you'll find a lot of fun stuff there as well, too. So. He does a great job with, with that blog. And once a year, we do a tournament, you know, the RMB tournament. And it's a tournament that we do probably the Rockland Sports Packs right for the hockey season. And it's a pretty popular tournament in general. So uh, always good to do that. Hopefully we'll do that again, maybe at the outdoor rink that's being refurbished here locally, here for us as well, too, in Germantown. But the Russian Machine Never Breaks tournament, Ian Olin does a good job as well, too. So he's, he partnered with us once a season. I want to pluck that for him in that regards. Beyond that, I think, you know, we just we just enjoy doing hockey. And, you know, obviously we're big hockey people down here. And hockey is the best sport in the world. In my personal opinion, I might be biased there. <laughs> um, so we do that. And uh, at the same time, you know, trying to build on the football league as well, too. So very busy time. And it's not my full-time job. You know, I do uh, different things. I officiate. I do a lot of pet-setting stuff. I used to be a mortgage broker way back when until the industry <laughs> went chaotic about 2006, 2008. Yeah, so, right. uh, you know, what am I going to do with my life? I'm going to go. I, I took my steps backwards. I'm going to do fun things. I'm going to get involved with sports, involved with music, 
I teach ballroom dancing now. I do pet sitting. That's my, those are my little hobby, my income driven hobbies. This is just basically fun. This is, this is, you know, I love sports. So hockey, having a hockey league is cool because we, it's a great community. It's a big family. You're a Renaissance man. <laughs> In some respect. Yes. All right. Thank you. So one thing I actually do want to ask about not just the MDHL, but all three leagues is sure. there a lot of crossover with the players that you have in these leagues, or is it mostly people unique to each league? Actually, that's a good question. And uh, the ball hockey leagues, DCHL on Sundays, the MDHL on Wednesday, there's a lot of crossover, tons of crossover. I would say, you know, it's gotten to a point where the MDHL probably has a, maybe a 30 to 40% unique base that only plays on Wednesday nights in MDHL. DCHL probably about 30, 40% too. So I would say about a 60% crossover between both leagues. If you want to play a lot. RHL, as I mentioned earlier, is a little different. RHL used to be a crossover league, but now it only has like five or six players that play ball hockey and roller. Completely different brand by itself, which is what we prefer. We want new people. We want inline players. We don't want people coming for ball hockey. We'll, we'll take them, you know, but we want really true inline players to join our league. Right. Interesting. Okay. Awesome. Exactly, which you, you just said yourself. Uh, one of the reasons why Gary and I love ball hockey so much and we're such proponents about it is that, and, and we've heard this before from other guests and, and people in the ball hockey world, is that you take the intimidation of skating out of the mix. Yes. And if you're a hockey fan, you can play. And, yes. and one of the things that, that Gary and I really admire about your three leagues, DCHL, MDHL, and RHL, is that they're all co-ed as well, correct? Correct. And you asked earlier, what is the biggest maybe maybe obstacle for us is to keep it co-ed, you know, to get more women involved. We probably have about 120 women in our league out of maybe wow. about 430. I think I just did a number check this morning, about 440 players that play ball hockey. 120 are probably women. So the ratio is right now three to one. But the women play three or four times to both spots. We need more women involved. So the biggest obstacle for us is to promote the game to women players and, and get the word out and get bring a new women players as well, too. It's the biggest part for our league. But yes, co-ed. And there's been times, you know, we've gone back to a woman rule in NBHL instead of a two-woman rule. What that means is five on five, you have to have at least two women on the floor. Hmm. That's our number one rule. And it gets hard to maintain that. And at one point, MDHL, we had to go back to a woman rule because of supply. We didn't have enough women out there. But I really pushed hard to get back. People fought on that issue. I realized the fact that I keep saying we are a co-ed league. We'll always be a co-ed league. And we want to make sure it's a co-ed league. So that's, that's the hardest part is to get women involved and keep involved. And we'll see where we go for the future. We get a lot of referrals, but we still need more women involved in our league if we want to. You know what, though? If you have a three-to-one ratio, it, it doesn't sound that great on paper. But compared to, I think, a lot of other leagues, if not most other leagues, that's pretty good i mean you know not that women are incapable of playing ball hockey at the same level as men but generally it seems like it's less popular as a sport for women so the fact that you have those numbers is really impressive thank you and that's the credit to women who play in our league they stick around they get referrals as well too and the guys help as well and also speaks for our product a lot of women join our league they enjoy it they they, they come come back as well too we have very few turnovers yeah, another great point that you mentioned before, too, about ball hockey is there's no hitting. So you don't have to worry yes. about getting your socks knocked off. Well, uh, you know. And you mentioned earlier as well, too, you know, about, about the cost, you know, between ball hockey and ice hockey. I mean, it's lo- so much cheaper. Number one, no contact, no pads. It's so much cheaper, so much less wear and tear. Well, it depends on the body parts you're working. Some, you know, if you're skating, you're using different muscle groups. Right. So it's a little less wear and tear on your body. And people love that. You know, you, you spend six, seven hundred bucks playing the ice hockey. Or spend 120 bucks playing ball hockey for four months. You have a choice. You know, economics obviously will tell you to play ball hockey if you can enjoy it. Roller is a little more expensive because roller people like to play more. It's four on four for us, roller, not five on five. And roller leagues generally, they don't, they don't, want, they don't have too many subs. They want two subs at max. So roster about eight players. It's a little more expensive than roller, maybe right. about 150 bucks, 180 bucks, but still a lot cheaper than ice hockey. A lot cheaper than ice hockey. Now, how long have you been running these three leagues? Well, DCHL and Mothership started about nine years ago. We're coming, getting close to our 10 year anniversary. Excellent. So, as you were saying, your hands off about all the production and stuff like that, but uh, do you personally run the website and the social media for your three leagues as well? The website was designed, though. I, I, I have content that I, you know, it's designed so I can go up there and add content and, and move things around. But Sarav Raj, one of our players, stepped the place. You know what? Let me, let me do the website for you. I, I, I love doing website. Make Let's Make It My, my Pet Project. And he stepped up and he put so many hours into it. And our website's unique because we actually do live stats. So he had to create a database and all the formats and platforms. So when the game is played, we have a scorer, a volunteer scorer, who's logging it in as it happens. 
And if you're off-site somewhere, you just go to the website and the stats will be updated. That takes a lot of work, a lot of creativity from Sarab. He's been excellent. He's a very detailed person. He does the website design. He does the website invitations and all the stats. We also you know, have secondary assists. We have uh, what we call MOPs, Most Valuable Offensive Player Stats. The formula we use, like it's five points for a goal, three points for primary assists, minus points for penalties. We, take, we have an idea of the average ice time based on the number of players who play in the game. We use that to calculate a MOPs number for you. And the higher the MOPs number, the more valuable you offensive speaking. So we, he does all that behind the scenes for us with our formulas and calculations. He also helps us you know, update the schedule as well, too. So he handles the website part design-wise. I will go in there and plug in some content here and there. Social media, that's by Joe Shade. But I'm involved everything else, you know, posting news about the league, you know, things we have going on, news breaks. We'll post, you know, our Facebook page has probably four to six posts a day average-wise. So it's a very active post seven days a week. How big is your kind of, you know, administrative team in running the, the leagues? And are they all people who also play in the leagues? Or do you have yes. kind of a dedicated front office staff? Excellent question. Excellent question. I personally, you know, when I, again, my vision changes, you know, when I first started the league, I wanted the, the, the staff to be separate than the players mm-hmm. overall. That was my original thought process. You know, it, it creates less conflict of interest in general. To worry about competition playing, playing you know, or being part of, of a staff somewhere. But I've learned over the last 10 years that people, if you hire good people, and most players can see things through for what they are. They know that these are good people to do their job correctly. It's better to have players who, who actually play because they know the game, they know the players, and they're easier to teach, and they know the situations to handle. So right now, everybody that's involved in our league pretty much plays in our league. Our statistics commissioner plays in our league. Toy 12 does a good job as well, too. Our refs, I think every rep except one, my one of my, my Aurora rep does not play besides myself. Every other ref, one of the ref doesn't play in ball hockey, but everybody else plays. Ref group about 12 referees that we rotate on a Sunday. For Aurora, it's just myself and our senior ice hockey rep that I've had out there. Scores are all volunteers, 30, 40 people that volunteer their time between their games they play to help score. So we have a staff of probably about, I would say admin, about 50 people of admin between referees, scores, commissioners, and we also use Slack. I'm not sure if you know what Slack is. Are you familiar with Slack? I am familiar with it. It's an application that we use at work. If, if you're not familiar, listener, basically Slack is, is almost like a, it's a messaging application that you can use. Well, you can use it for a lot of things, but primarily it's, it's almost like um, a chat room that you can put on your phone or on your computer where people can just kind of talk to each other via, via messaging. Yes, exactly. And, we use Slack for Razzle and for DCHL because we have what I call Board of Governors. The Board of Governors for DCHL all cap assistant captains for all teams. Mm. So they're all in Slack in their own channel called Board of Governors. Then we have individual divisional channels. Then we have sub-channels for sub-players as well, too. And we use Slack to communicate and, and keep everything going and be, get people involved. So Slack is the thing that we use. It helps us to stick together. I try to not have too many emails go out. You know, people get bombarded emails. I hate emails. So I, my, the way we communicate is need captains via Slack, captains their teams by email or whatever they want to use. And then if I have to do a mass email for a big reason, I do that once, a three, two, once or twice a season probably. That's how we communicate. Awesome. Right. Wow. That, that's really quite impressive. But uh, if you wouldn't mind, before we let you go, sure. a couple of questions left. Please share some personal highlights, either both as a commissioner, <laughs> as a ref, as a player, broadcaster, innovator. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Let me start off as a commissioner. I'll say, I'll make my two points. If you want to learn about life, become a commissioner, okay? Because you'll deal with every single personality you'll ever meet in life. <laughs> and I'm a people pleaser. I'm going to please everybody, but I realize you can't do that all the time. But to deal with the 20 or 25 different personalities on a given basis, it's extremely stressful. <laughs> and to make it all work. So it's, it's a unique way of understanding life in general. Is if, we, if you become a commissioner, you can understand how to learn and work with people in general, how to communicate, integrate, and so hopefully find a common ground that makes sense. It's a, that's a very stressful part of my job because I wish, as I said earlier on my Facebook page, I think yesterday, if I could only tape some conversations and document some of the emails and just post it out there, mind-boggling. So without <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, I can't believe I'm dealing with this or this personality or this person. Or it's, just, it's mind-boggling. So I definitely recommend if you want, if you want to get educated in the world perfectly, become a commissioner. Number two, I would tell you that from a commission standpoint, I find that, you know, this is kind of a relationship kind of uh, advice to people. If you want to get married, if you want to, your, your spouse is the right person, play in a league with them. I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> that's the only way you'll know if that person is somebody you can trust the rest of your life. Because how he or she reacts when the chips are down is how she's going to react when you get married, right? 
So I always tell people, before you get married, make sure you play in the league for at least a couple of years with, with your partner because then you realize what you're getting yourself into. Living together will not make it. Play in the league for a couple of years. And Sound advice. I mean, it's a great psychology, sociology class in itself. <laughs> general. So that's one of the two tidbits there from that standpoint. Other stories, I mean, um, I, I have to tell you, it's a stressful job. There are days I don't get involved in it. But the emails I get from people are just tremendous. You know, the unsolicited email. And the Facebook posts, the messages personally that tell me how much they appreciate playing. It's, it's a community. So if we didn't find this league, I want to find my friends. You know, if you play this league, you're going to have 25 friends automatically. That's how, that's how it works. And it's, it's your own social life. It's your own new life you create out there. And I get the emails about how this league has changed their lives. They're more socially active now. They look forward to Wednesdays or Sundays or Wednesday, Monday nights. They can't wait. It's what, it's, it's what drives them through the week, how, fun, how much fun they have. And the friends have made for life. That is the most satisfying part of everything else. You know, those emails, it's why I do this. Not for the money, not for the stress, but because of a community base thing. That's the, that's the best thing I can do about the connection in general, in general, overall for us. Fantastic. That's a great answer. Thank you. And, you know, one more thing before before sure. we ask the last question, I want to just sure. drop something in here because sure. it's something that I've been asking all of our guests lately because it's it's what my daughter wants me to ask our guests. Okay, I, I have an eight year old daughter. She likes to get involved. She wants to know, generally speaking, what is your favorite food? Oh, it's a great question. Chicken noodle soup. Nice. Chicken. It's funny because I asked the same question. I have, I have what I call five quick hitter questions in my podcast. Mm-hmm. Food, drink, pasta, things like that. So easy answer for me. Chicken noodle soup. Great answer. Hearty. A hearty one, too. You know, lots <laughs> of good, thick noodles. Sure. Not too much soup. Hearty in the chicken noodle soup. All right. Awesome. And speaking of your podcast, Suds, is there anything you'd like to promote for us? Tell us how we can get your leagues. Tell us about your podcast. Tell us anything you want us and our listeners to know that we should know to be able to keep up with you. Well, first of all, I want to say, you know, if you love hockey, go play hockey. You know, whether it's ball hockey, roller hockey, ice hockey, deck, doesn't matter. Get involved. Go out and play hockey. People have told me, people that live in our league and moved away have told me, you know what? I want to create a DCHL league where I'll move to. Hey, I love that concept. So go out and take the step. There's no league in your area. Start playing. Start creating leagues. Start creating communities. Do that. That's the most important thing I can tell you from that standpoint overall. Is and that, That's the most important thing that I think in general is, is play hockey. Enjoy hockey overall. All right. Yeah. And, and a great way to play hockey is to join, I believe, one of the uh, one of the leagues that you run. The, yes. Be it the DCHL uh, or the MBHL. Or, please. Yes. If you're local here in the DMV area, just go to our website, playdchl.com, P-L-A-Y-D-C-H-L.com. The front page has information about our leagues, what's going on. Email me. Message me on Facebook. You know, go watch our games on YouTube. It's our DCHL Leagues on YouTube. Follow us on our DCHL Leagues Facebook page. Like that page. Follow us. You know, we don't need players, but we love, always have love to have new players. You know, it's, it's great. You want to play, come by, especially for your women. Women and goalies are always <laughs> needed out there. So there always is women and goalies out there. But if you can't, if you're not here locally, play elsewhere. If you are locally, you want to be part of a, a big community, come find us. We play at Rockville basically 52 weeks a year, year round, three days a week. And finally, why don't you tell us about your podcast? There, actually, there's two podcasts. I mean, let me throw one out there as well, too. Sure. There's an actual audio podcast called The Outsider, and that's kind of a fun thing because Joe Shea does that podcast for our ball hockey leagues, DCHL and DHL. My original Twitter handle was called the DCHL Insider. So whenever I have, like, you know, breaking news about a player going somewhere, we have breaking news. We know offseason, this player's going there, and this player's going there. We have offseason that's, that's very fun. I used to post that on Twitter, you know, it's kind of a people interested, you know, and, and mm-hmm. have fun with that. So he now he's now the DCHL outsider. Ah. So at, <laughs> at his his podcast is it happens like once a week. Usually posted on our Tuesday, I believe. Uh, it's on our YouTube page. It's an audio podcast about an hour long. He goes through all the games on DCHL that happened the previous week in MDHL, and then look forward to the next game as well too. Talk about players and stuff like that in general. I do the RHL. Joe can handle the ball hockey league. So. There's no one there right now in Aurora Hockey to do what, what he does. So really, I'm the I'm the only guy for Aurora right now. So I do the Aurora podcast. It's actually a video podcast. Haven't done one this season yet, but it's about an hour long. It's called Roll With It. Get it? Nice. Roll With It? Mm-hmm. By the way, that came from a song from Steve Woodward, Roll With It. Mm, yes. I'm not sure if you guys remember that or not. But, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> yes. So we got that. Uh, it's a uh, video podcast we do once, usually once a week. We go over the games, in detail, the four games we have in detail. We normally have a player come on. We interview about a half hour. Just like you do what you're doing with me, I do with him. You know, go over how he found out all about old hockey, how he's involved with old hockey, his likes, his personal life, you know, as, as much as he wants to share it. So we do that once, once, usually once a week. 
It's called Roll With It. Go to our YouTube page. Find all the preacher podcasts there, past podcasts there. And Roll With It will be coming back in the summer with the new season coming up in the So look for that as well, too. It's a really fun thing. Get to know your players. It's, it's my way of, of knowing our players better. And it's the league's way of getting to know their own competitors better. It's much more fun when you know the players you're playing against. Otherwise, it becomes too combative. If you if you know somebody, hey, I know you guys, you just have fun. Let's play competitively. That's my goal is to make sure everybody knows each other as possible in this case. Yeah, and if nothing else, it's good scouting. Yes, exactly. Exactly, right. <laughs> people scout. I mean, I, I'm sorry to get – you can't believe that people go to the video. They're, they're, where's the video? They go out, they download the video, and they scout. We actually have video sessions. This guy didn't, didn't check, come back to the point, didn't four-check back. He didn't cover the winger. People actually scout. So it's amazing. Since we stream games, it's helped take the level of play up even higher. People now go back with videotapes and, and make adjustments. And they coach, they teach. Well, I think that's a credit to your uh, your leagues, especially how you said you, you have to. Right. But you have two ladies that are on the uh, national U.S. Yes, ball hockey yes, team. Yes, so yes. there you go. That That's pretty remarkable. Yes. Yes. They're great people, too. They play in our D1 division on Sunday. So they're great, great people. All right, Suds. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. It was great getting to know you here. And uh, we really appreciate you taking the time. No problem. And bring me back for the hockey season. I could be your Islander beat guy. All right. <laughs> we we may just take you up on that. We'll see. All right, guys. We, thank thank you. So you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, man. Take care. All right. Good luck with the DCHL. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Fantastic job, Commissioner Suds. Thank you again for joining us. And also, thank you for promoting our podcast, too. That was really cool what you did as you kept your promise. And we didn't doubt that for a second that from all of your leagues and your Facebook presence and, and Twitter presence that you helped spread the word about Hit the Deck. So much appreciated. Thank you for joining us and hope you can come on in the future. And really amazing job, amazing job that you do. You're selfless, passionate guy, and uh, it's a pleasure to know you. So thank you and keep up the great work. You kept your promise. Promote our podcast. Yeah, and the least we could do, hopefully we can promote or help promote the DCHL family of hockey leagues. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you scratch our backs and we'll scratch yours. That's how, that is the way of the world, yes? Yeah, except uh, we're not smart enough to make any money off of it. Well, you know, we'll get there. We've only been doing this for three and a half years. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's so hard being a Catholic and getting through this life. Well, we managed somehow. Anyway, maybe we should go on a road trip to Newfoundland. Well, okay. You're driving, obviously, but uh, I'm not saying no. Yeah, you know, with the amount of driving I've done over the year, I think we can go to Newfoundland and back quite a few times. But anyway, yeah, it's way up north and east, the tip of Canada. I believe it's the Labrador Sea, which goes into the Atlantic Ocean, but uh, that's the geographic lesson for the day. But they are so passionate, I'm, and I, I think Newfoundland is separate from Quebec, but anyway, they're, they're right next to each other and, and the northeast and all that stuff. But we've talked about Quebec in the past, of how passionate and, and wonderful they are in the world of ball hockey specifically, not just hockey, but to have two three-day weekends worth of a tournament is quite amazing. So the NLBHA, and uh, we will have links on our areas as well, on Facebook and Twitter. They, of course, have their own Facebook and Twitter feeds and such, so you could go check those out yourselves. But they uh, listed all of the games and the champions of the uh, two weekend event. So part one was on the weekend of June 28th through the 30th. And the five winners of those divisions, the under 11 champions are the Impact Hockey Grand Falls team. The under 13 tier one champions are were Hickey's Timberwolves. The under 13 tier two champs, the CBN Stars. The under-15 champs, the Labrador Impact, and the under-19 champions, Bay Roberts. So congratulations to all teams, all 28 teams. It was four divisions and four age groups that participated overall the two weekends. Indeed. Congratulations, one and all. Well played, well met, and I don't know, way to show some sportsmanship or whatever. Absolutely. So our 4th of July weekend was part two. And yes, our stars and stripes are showing. I mean, we don't call them the American Rhino for nothing, but 
up in Canada, I guess they don't really care too much about uh, our Independence Day, though I did see some very polite tweets from our friends up north, so thank you for that. Um, and the four champions of that weekend's rounds of games, the women's champions are the Blueberries, the under-17 champions are the under-15 NL selects, so very young there, impressive. Mm. The tier two champions are the under-19 NL selects, and the tier one champs are the gender raiders. So again, well done, congratulations, and what a tournament. Sorry, the gender raiders, as in a rating system, or raiders, as in like Indiana Jones's first movie? Yes, exactly. Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I apologize for my Brooklyn accent and not being able to enunciate properly. No, no, it's fine. I just wanted to clarify. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. That's a great name for a team, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, although I, th- I feel like you'd need to put a deck hockey spin on it. Like, um, I'm not feeling clever enough right now to do that, which is probably why I've never named a team anything like that. Well, first of all, the uniforms would be really awesome because if you get to wear the indiana jones fedora and the leather jacket style jersey i'd be a big fan of that instead of going after the golden i forgot what that uh that, that the golden tiki thing was at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie maybe sure. it could be a ball hockey puck instead so there are many many things i mean indiana jones is so cool and one of my all-time favorite fictional movie heroes so between he and ball hockey just it, it's the best of both we, we can make that yeah i don't I don't remember what that thing was called, but I do know it belongs in a museum. <laughs> I mean, I've heard that. Yes. <laughs> if only we spoke mojitos or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you. I mean, yeah. Jovitos, excuse me. I said mojito. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Probably use a couple of those to come up with a good name. Yeah. But in the meantime, let's stick in uh, Quebec and put our incredible uh, Spelunker hero aside for a minute. And if you don't know how to play deck hockey in Quebec, don't worry. Because as we said, the Montreal Canadiens will make you experts by the end of the summer. Because uh, starting, I believe now, and we're in middle of July at the recording of this podcast, through August 26th, every Monday evening, there will be an introductory ball hockey session, which they, the article that we're quoting says will be held on the concrete slab of the Montreal Canadian Foundations. And I don't know how to speak French. So, um, Blue Blanc Bow Ice Rink? I, I, I don't know. B O U G C? I mean, Blue Blanc would be blue, white. And I don't know what bow means. I, yeah. Um, I'm of Italian heritage, so I have no idea how to even fake the French language. But anyway, if you're in the area, you probably know where the Montreal Canadian Foundation's ice rink is. No, I'm looking it up. Okay. Thank you, American Rhino. (laughs) Who says this isn't a full-service podcast? Yeah, I'd imagine that if you are in the area and you don't know how to play deck hockey, I don't think you'd want to let that get out because you'd probably be um, ostracized. So. At least they give families a chance to learn how to play together. So it's not just for the children, it's for the adults as well. What was it? B-A-U-G-H? B-O-U-G-E. Oh, wow. I was way off. Bouge. Ah, that sounds right. No, I'm just saying that's... Okay, I've got it. Google (laughs) to the rescue, I guess. Although, I don't know if we... uh, uh, This... this (laughs) uh, We may regret this. Uh-oh. According to Google, the translation of bouge is a uh, hole. <laughs> so it's the blue white hole. Hold on a second. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay. All right. Now, everybody knows, I think everybody knows, at least in the hockey world, what a rivalry the Canadians and the Maple Leafs have. Now, if this is the Montreal Canadiens associated rink and they're saying it's blue and white and it's a hole, I don't know if Canadian fans would want to go into a place that's represented by the colors of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? Um, unless, unless they think that that's, 
unless that's you know representative of it's a blue and white hole just like the place where the i don't know no i, I got yeah well, you're right <laughs> we, we could Be- get <laughs> best not to overthink it yeah why did it have to be French? <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. I think that'd be a great place to end it. All right. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know how you say Indiana Jones in French, Canadian, but I don't think I want to. <laughs> All right. Well. Oh, you know what? I I have the perfect way to end this, and that is with a very quick hit of our favorite recurring segment. This week in Gritty. This week in Gritty. Yes. And so, you know, being the 4th of July week, end week, I don't know. But, I mean, it it wasn't actually the 4th of July that these, these things that I'm about to talk about were celebrated for. I mean, he did he did kind of tweet about the 4th of July and he said, a hot dog is not a sandwich. Stop asking. I know that's a, a raging debate. He apparently doesn't want any part of it. <laughs> but uh, maybe he just, you know, kept things uh, on a low boil for for Independence Day because he knew he was going to be having a big week the following week. So uh, I guess he kicked off this week by watching the USA women's soccer team win the World Cup. And, uh, you know, I guess that's another sport that is played with a ball. So, uh, congratulations to those ladies. They've made our country proud once again. And, uh, you know, we are, we are so very proud of them. And so, uh, you know, he, he was, he was tweeting about them in, you know, in support and celebration of their victory. And then this wasn't something that he actually did himself. I don't think, but it involved him and he retweeted it. I guess national video game day was this week. So the Flyers tweeted a, a small animated GIF of, of, well, basically Pokemon. And it was some Poke Trainer, I guess. I don't know. I never really played Pokemon. But someone walking about the Pokemon game and then a, a, a battle begins, launches, and it is gritty versus the Penguins mascot, which I guess is Iceberg. At least that's what it says here. I don't know. It, it's some yellow thing. And Gritty defeats him with a t-shirt cannon. So, <laughs> you know, seems appropriate. Yes. So congratulations, Gritty, for, for, for that big win. And then, <laughs> then Gritty decided to go off and, and go on a little road trip. Gritty spent his week taking a trip to the Jersey Shore. Oh, no. Hanging out on the beach, meditating, all zen-like. You know, splishing and splashing in the ocean, taking a little drive along the beach on uh, what appears to be a motorcycle or at least electric scooter of some sort. <laughs> he visited Lady Liberty in all her glory. His quote, direct quote from Twitter, and the accompanying picture is him in front of a giant elephant named Lucy. So somebody's confused. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a hint. It's me. I'm right behind you. He tweeted uh, 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 the caption accompanying his his ride, uh, his his motorcycle ride along the beach was wind in my hair, salt on my fur, sand betwixt my cheeks. Good gravy. That's a little more anatomy than I wanted to ever know about for Gritty. Yes. And finally, he wrapped the whole trip up with an adoption. Aww. Gritty, uh, uh, I'm... I guess a adopted a hermit crab that he found on the beach. So Gritty's a daddy or whatever, <laughs> whatever gender Gritty actually is. He's a Gritty's a parent. <laughs> there you go. That, that poor crab. Yeah. <laughs> He's decided to name it Claude, oh. like claw apostrophe D Claude. Uh. Yeah. Boo. Well, you know what? I'll give him points for, for at least being clever. That's, okay. That kind of humor is right in my wheelhouse, that quote-unquote humor. So, right. you know, I'll give it to you, Gritty. All right. <laughs> All right. So I don't know what the rest of his summer will entail, but if this is any indication, he's off to a roaring start. And that has been This Week 
in Gritty. This week in Gritty. And that is going to do it for another episode of Hit the Deck. So, without further ado, last minute remaining in the podcast. It is time to wrap this thing up, so we will do that in the usual manner, and that is by saying first thank you, first and foremost, thank you ever so much to Suds for coming back and talking at us again and, you know, giving us the whole picture of all of his various hockey leagues and, uh, you know, just being a good guy. We thank you, Suds, for the conversation, for the support, and for everything you have contributed to Hit the Deck thus far. Don't be a stranger, and, you know, we hope to catch you again soon out there. And, uh, you know, we hope to, to see some more of your stuff. You know, go on your various media accounts and check out some of the games from the DCHL and the MDHL and maybe even the RHL if we're feeling, you know, particularly jaunty <laughs> on, on that particular day. So thank you very much, Suds. Thank you to Anthony Sajazi. Thank you and happy birthday to Anthony Sajazi, he got us music for the podcast. Oh, you shouldn't have. I didn't get you anything, but I'm sure James has you covered. So uh, I'm, I'm going to say whatever James is going to give you for your birthday, it's on behalf of the podcast. You're welcome, bro. <laughs> Thank you, of course, to you, dear listener, for listening to the podcast each and every week. And we could not do this without you. It is deeply sincerely appreciated and if you'd like to continue to listen to the podcast if you'd like it to make it easy on yourself please do so by subscribing to the podcast and you know just just do it just go to your podcatcher or what have you whether that's apple podcast or stitcher or podbean or whatever just go there and click subscribe and then it'll just be there when you want it you know you don't have to go looking for our tweets or fresh on the website or whatever it's just, it's just there when we drop a podcast, it'll just be there for you because that's the kind of people we are. We want to make it easy for you. We also want to make it easy for you to talk to us if you have feedback for the show about suds, about us, about gritty, about whatever. You can email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com. Deck is, of course, D-E-K. Hitthedeck at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at hitthedeckpod. We are at hitthedeck on Facebook and Instagram, and we have that YouTube thing. So check that out. And so... uh you know, so many, so many ways you can get in contact with you. And we really, truly do want to hear from you. James, is there anything you'd care to add here at the end? Yes, thank you, sir. Looking for places to play deck? Please check out the Columbus Deck Hockey Association, the Charlotte Street Hockey League, the Raleigh Street Hockey League, the VAR Hockey League, the DCSH, and of course, the DCHL. And please donate to LaGrange Hockey, and thanks for listening. Thank you, James. Thank you, sir. Thanks for another great podcast. Well done. <laughs> Likewise. And dear listener, as ever, we will thank you to remember that whether you are riding herd to keep those egos in check or luxuriating in the best job you ever had, whether you are adopting for the first time or participating in a culture that Frankly, we just don't understand. Regardless of what you find yourself doing, I would always encourage you to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. What can I do to help you guys out in your endeavor to become the Vince McMahon of podcasting? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's okay. I, <laughs> I prefer to keep my credibility. <laughs>